morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Desi Sportscast football show. And it's a football show coming from Leicester that's slightly uh, cooler today. Um, last time I spoke to Nevin, I was saying that it's such a beautiful day, but this is what happens in England. You can never guarantee, no matter what the season is, what the weather is like. But I know somewhere where it's definitely warm, no matter what time of year I speak to, and that's in Kerala, the beautiful state of Kerala. Hello, Nevin. Good afternoon to you. Hi, yes, a very warm afternoon, actually. Very humid as well. Suspect there's rain coming our way, but uh, we, we've spoken before. You enjoy the rain. Yeah, I'm very excited about the rain, so I'm all okay. Brilliant, and it's a very, very warm welcome. Uh, I better not say too warm because I know it upsets Nevin, but it's a fan, uh, really great to have Akash back with us. Akash from Delhi, and he's wearing the appropriate colours as well. Hello, Akash. How are you, my friend? I'm all right. I hope you guys are fine too. Really well, really well, and good to have you on the show. And um, hope uh, Nevin uh, takes um, uh, an example from what you're wearing. And um, I was actually looking for the jersey. I couldn't find it. Actually, that's true. <laughs> I'm looking around. It's just where is this jersey? Probably it's here. I've got most of my jerseys behind me. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. That's a good collection there. Yeah, but like I, I couldn't find my Real Madrid. Uh, uh, so I had to just finally wear an Ajax. This is an old Ajax. Oh, it's an Ajax. Because, oh, because they they found a new closet for themselves, na? exclusive club. The, the those shirts found an exclusive cabinet for themselves. Yeah, yeah. This is a super league <laughs> cabinet. <laughs> Um, it is a football show, but um, it's something that unfortunately I can't avoid asking, uh, especially living uh, away from home um, and you guys are going through it. But unfortunately, it's making the headlines here in the news pretty much all last week and uh, it's continuing. It's the situation in India. And for those listeners and um, people looking into the show, um, it's not looking very good in terms of the COVID situation in India. Um, how is it with yourself, Nevin? I've been just staying home. I've been avoiding all sort of work. Uh, I've been actually approached by a couple of uh, uh, organizations asking if I can report and I've turned it down saying that I think at this point we need to all just sit at home. Uh, we are having a complete lockdown this weekend here in Kochi, especially in Kochi where literally it's like the roads are empty and everybody's following the guidelines and things like that. So hopefully that will be the beginning of some sort of action to curb this ever-growing curve that's you know taken over the country. But I'm sure Akash will be able to tell, uh, you know, he, I mean, where he is from, it's, it's, it's really bad over there. And I'm sure he'll be able to tell what yes, Akash, we've had quite a bit of coverage here um, about this situation in Delhi. Um, how is it there? The whole situation is being handled on two levels. One is the humanitarian level and another is the political level. So the humans are, uh, they are learning about the second wave. They are not as much as aware that they should be. But on the political level, the game is play, game is being played at a, at, a, at a horrendous price because humanity is paying the ultimate price. The elections are going on. There is pandemonium and anarchy throughout the state, throughout each and every state almost. 
and especially where the elections are running there is there is not enough words to express how many lives are being lost and uh, whatever is happening is is just shambolic yeah and it's really really sad to see and embarrassing uh, for us and you guys are living through it which is 10 times worse if not more but for us to see how the government is um, not reacting and didn't plan and allowing uh, various things to take place it's just um, i think the right word is denial there is still this denial that there is happening there is a strong effort to you know make it look to the international audience that this is not happening in india everybody is attacking the bbc journalist really is afraid that there's no oxygen that's that's the that's the truth here you know they're afraid that the world is going to see us as a poor country a country without infrastructure a capital that's struggling why don't you actually make it a good capital without shortage of oxygen or without shortage of icu beds a, a hospital um, of aims structure have to run out of oxygen means that's just it's just bizarre and sad and and uh, like uh, akash rightly pointed out from a human humanitarian perspective i have the immense respect for people of india and i am talking about people from all castes all gender all color uh, because if if it were not for the people who were actually risking their lives and you know going out there providing food setting up twitter threads uh, all sort of networking we've been doing it ourselves not because our government or not because our leaders have been you know helpful and uh, sort of providing us a way we've just figured out okay we need to act what is the solution lot of it folks um, i i'm an engineer myself so i have a lot of friends who are developing apps developing threads uh, um, google sheets everything to sort of help i've seen football clubs uh, chennai in football clubs uh, <clears throat> fan uh, fan uh, group called super machans have actually set up a team and they're taking calls uh, and messages from twitter and facebook and sort of uh, um giving all the help so people are doing a great amount of work i think that also needs to be highlighted but really uh, a home minister of the country i'm sorry to be calling this arbor a home minister of the country to go have, you know conduct a rally on a mm. day when so many are falling dead without beds in the national capital that's just outrageous i i don't have any other words for this no i totally agree um i think that and i was talking to akash just prior to the show and I don't want to uh, you know make it into a political show but um it's ridiculous um the elections are going ahead i think uh, like akash says there's a political angle there's a humanitarian angle and the political angle is just not taking any issue around human life and uh, what it could um, do in terms of the actions they're taking or the lack of and uh, again i'm glad you mentioned it it's because of the people that the country is um, sort of struggling to get through not because of the government uh, which is really really sad but um i hope and i pray that um things do change very very quickly because uh you know you're living it there but we're seeing it here on tv and it's not a very good thing to see about your country and the way uh, things are going and it's very very sad but um let's move on to something a little bit more positive hopefully and talk about the bigger story um of the past week everybody's been talking about it um and i'm going to start with nevin nevin uh lesser city are in the fa cup final for the first time in 52 years and going to beat your boys in the final in a few weeks time um did you catch both of the semi finals and what what are your thoughts on that yeah uh, <clears throat> i wouldn't even 
be surprised if Leicester goes and wins it. I think one striker you have, and it's not Jamie Vardy, for example. I mean, for a change, it's not Vardy that everybody's talking about. Inacho uh, uh, has been playing really well. He's turned out to be. I think a lot of us uh, were surprised when City let him go because we all thought this was going to be the successor to Aguero and to have somebody come from within their ranks to. You know, well, they did have a buyback clause when they sold him to us. Uh, maybe he did take a little time to settle in at Leicester as well, but uh, he is now looking like the striker that he always promised to be. And for Chelsea, it's a good side, and I, I do rate uh, our manager, but we can't score goals. It seems like once we reach good attacking position, uh, I was watching yesterday's match against West Ham as well. It was um, I'm. West Ham deserved a point, I thought. Yeah, they were yeah. dominant and uh, was a very lucky red card from a Chelsea perspective. And uh, and Werner was just missing chance after chance and his confidence is... He reminds me of Torres so much. Uh, just a lot of talent, a lot of pace, but that final product, once he's inside the box, it's just bizarre what he chooses to do. So, it's going to be a tough match, but, you know, Chelsea are serial winners. So, watch out. You know, We, we like to eke out a result when it gets uh, really tough. So. Uh, yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, given the choice, I'd rather play your boys than Man City. I think um, we do have a chance in the final. Akash, um, how nervous were you before the game and during the last 10 minutes against Southampton? Wasn't at all nervous because expected the boys to win because we are we, we won like tough matches and... Uh, this one just another game. We were mentally prepared to reach the finals. The semi-final was literally like a hurdle to cross. And I felt that. I felt confident. But what worried me before that was the thing that several of the Leicester players did, breaking the COVID protocol. And that literally disbalanced the mentality of the team a bit. Apart from that, I was confident that we are going to go into the finals because we got an easy opponent as compared to the other bracket. Chelsea versus Man City was always going to be a big game and obviously one opponent would be eliminated and uh, yeah, either Chelsea or Manchester City, everybody would pick Chelsea to, you know, realistically have a better chance at winning the finals. So yeah, very happy, very confident. Let's see what happens next. Yeah, and um, it means a lot uh, for Leicester City to get to that uh, final. I think they learned quite a bit from the loss in the Carabao Cup last year to Aston Villa in the last minute. I think the players uh, were reminded of then what that feeling was like. But I also shared, I don't know if you had the time to listen to it, uh, to try and convey what it means uh, to Leicester fans. Uh, Nevin, I shared the uh, clip of the podcast from our commentary here from BBC Radio Leicester. And the main commentator, uh, after the final whistle, pretty much in tears uh, because of the, you know, the club getting to the final. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to that. Just, I was trying to, you know, convey what it means to the city and to fans of the club. I think I lost you in between. I was just saying, can you hear me? Yeah, I was just saying that I shared with you the uh, clip of the podcast uh, the BBC from uh, BBC yeah. Radio Leicester. I mean, for me, it was a little... Uh, I was sort of... Uh, can you hear me? Akash, can you hear me? Yeah, go on. Now it's okay. Yeah. yeah no, 
so I, I I heard the clip and I was like, wow, this is this is uh, amazing because uh, for me, uh, as Chelsea supporter from India, you know, FA Cup was never the most biggest attraction. I mean, I heard I heard so much about it. <clears throat> I'd watched this uh, documentary Sunderland till I die, and I think in occasion they do talk about the cups and what it means to go to Wembley, and so you could get like sort of a second-hand idea of what it means, but. Uh, to see you this excited, so you also to see you this nervous before the match. That, that I think that was more exciting because it's like Bharat was like, I need, uh, I need some, I need to prepare for this match mentally as well. So uh, that way, I sort of understand what FA Cup really means. For me, it was never a big deal. I thought it was very small teams playing till like the the final stages. So, and if you if you cross, you cross, and then yeah, I mean, again spoiled that way that I've seen Chelsea win this cup multiple times. Yeah. Uh, so I was never like it's it was always for the you know, can you win FA Cup as well? It was never the main priority. It's like the main priority is to win a Champions League or a Premier League. FA Cup is that addition. You can you know you can say we won the triple. I think the FA Cup in 2012 was the most pres- uh, most fun for me because we had already won Champions League. And then we were going to play the FA Cup and we could win FA Cup. That 2012 was, uh, as a Chelsea fan, like ridiculous. Because that team, with that team, nobody expected anything to happen. And to win FA Cup and Champions League that season was uh, quite crazy. So, uh, but to, to listen to that clip, and to, um, um, Akash, uh, I did get a phone call at like 1.30 in the night. <laughs> and Bharat was calling me. I was like, whoa, what is happening here? And that, I was very clear that somebody is really excited. I tried calling back, but he was not like, I think he was just enjoying so much that he couldn't, uh, you know, get the call. I, I I was hoping it's a video call so that I could really see what is going on. Oh, I'm glad I didn't go, go through with that because um, when you've had a few drinks, you should put your mobile phone away. And um, I had pre-drinks just to calm the nerves. As you know, it's the first time in six, seven months that we'd been allowed to go to an outdoor venue for drinks. So that helped. And then afterwards, it was pretty much a party in every household. It would have been different in normal circumstances. We would have been at the stadium. And including now, I mean, the build-up, uh, we'd be taking 40,000, 45,000 uh, to Wembley. Unfortunately, I think there'll only be an allocation for Leicester of 10,000 if the government carries on with what they said they're going to use it as a test event. Uh, There were some fans at the semi-final, but they're all from the local area. But I did see uh, some Southampton and Leicester fans somehow managed to get those tickets as well, which is good to see the blue flag there. But now the wait is about who will get those really, really precious tickets um i'm planning to go to london ticket or no ticket just to watch the game in a bar if it happens to be the case just to soak in the atmosphere because these don't for us for chelsea fans yeah it's in london and you're regularly at wembley for us like i said it's been a 52 year wait so um the plans are in place now and looking forward to it really really um uh, can't wait and the city will be awash with blue the banners and it's usually a you know sort of a carnival atmosphere in the build-up and um, you know all the cars have got blue stickers and flags and stuff. So hopefully we'll get that sort of normality. I hope back. somebody's making a documentary. I hope somebody's documenting all this. <laughs> like yeah, I mean, in normal circumstances, it'd be a beautiful documentary because there'll be a lot of people out. But uh, the country is opening up uh, quite a bit, uh, so we'll hopefully see uh, a bit of that that you saw when we won the league as well. Um, in terms of the like, second, like cause, cause an earthquake. That's what it did. 
yeah, the Ojoa goal, the famous Ojoa goal. Um, yeah, absolutely. It was, and I was in the stadium that day, and it was it was amazing feeling. Well, throughout that season, but um, really looking forward to the final ticket or no, no ticket. And I think uh, we can go in with a better confidence. And just mentioning what you said, Akash, uh, about Brendan, I thought he handled the issue around um, Madison and the other couple of players really, really well. Dropped him from the West Ham game, and they've got a little bit to prove uh, to the fans. And I think Madison did that in the uh, game uh, during the week against um, West Brom, uh, which was a good one as well. Uh, but moving to the second story, because obviously the week was all about Leicester City re reaching the uh, final. But there was another story that came up uh, late Sunday night um, about this European Super League. And I'm so proud of all the fans and the supporters of the English clubs came together, led by uh, Gary ne uh, Neville and Jamie Carragher and a lot of the other players strongly coming out against this. What are your thoughts on this? Um, I'll start with you, Akash, on the European Super League and what their intentions were and how it just collapsed. With Well, it's collapsed at the moment, but if you listen to the Real Madrid president, it's still on. So the whole idea is structured in a way that it directly benefits Florentino Perez at the end of the day. Because now, uh, as it stands, if the, if the contracted clubs really legally quit the Super League, they have to pay a substantial fee to the European Super League's idea or to break the bond. So ultimately, it just benefits Papa Perez and he will he will like have an advantageous purse this, this summer. I have a feeling of that. And uh, apart from that, it was a disgraceful act by the, by the owners of the clubs because every fan base places a lot of trust. They make the owners, the American owners, come, help their club to grow. But it's their own club. They are, uh, the, the owners are simply the caretakers who are assigned to maintain the club in a proper financial way. But the clubs got too greedy. And uh, I understand where that greed comes from. Obviously, if you don't, like a team like Tottenham or Arsenal isn't doing so well this season. And similarly, a team like Juventus doesn't, generate enough revenue like a club like Real Madrid does because Syria is, is comparatively uh, a, covers a low low range of viewership. So I understand each of their problems. Barcelona is in, in a huge debt and uh, similarly Real Madrid wants to make some major signings for which they need funds for and they haven't played a game this season in the Santiago Bernabeu. So after even all the budget cuts, they need that extra bit of money to, you know, maintain that monopoly and maintain the pyramid structure. They need to be consistently the big six in big six in England. And similarly, Juventus needs to win their 10th title, which is not happening this year. And uh, Barca Real Madrid, you know, it's one or the other in that league. So they need to frame this structure. They don't want to see an Atletico. Atletico Madrid is, is in the same pool, but they don't want to see a Valencia story yet again. They don't want to see a Leicester story or an Atalanta defeating the major clubs. So they want their exclusivity. They don't want any clubs like Ajax to dethrone them in the semifinals of the Champions League. And they have done it. Also, the two clubs which are out of this is specifically Bayern Munich and PSG. Uh, PSG's owners have exclusive rights through BN Sports to telecast the Champions League. So 
it will be uh, uh, an issue for him to come straight away because I don't think uh, PSG is morally that strong to deny this proposal, but they have the Qatar World Cup and these two telecasting rights with them. Similarly, in case of Bundesliga, they have the 50 plus one rule. So generally that idea doesn't hold up there. So as much as of a credit you want to give to these clubs, they are not really their, their strong points that they have refused as much as they are unable to really stick with this idea of Florentino Perez. I think Bayern um, do have a case, uh, to be fair, because of the structure. Like you say, uh, 50 plus 1. Um, PSD, yeah, I, I, I got the stories about their other contracts and other reasons as to why they didn't join. Uh, but I think Bayern, to be fair to them, and the way German football is structured, um, fair play to them as well. And I think that is the uh, textbook for others to follow as well. But um, Nevin, your club was involved in this um, disgraceful episode um, and to be fair your fans really stood up they stopped the uh, coach going in Petr Cech had to go out and speak to them and uh, f- you know absolutely fantastic to see that what are your feelings and what, what were your thoughts when this came out immediate thought, thought was I tweeted out also. I said I'm not supporting this club anymore because it's very uh, very clear that if it's going to be part of the Super League I, I do follow football for the sake of you know seeing a, a, a tournament without relegation, just a lot of... For me, the Chelsea versus Real Madrid is something that I waited for. I was willing to wait for 10 years to happen, or 15 years to happen. You have to earn that match. It's not something that I want to see five times a year. That It really didn't make any sense from that point of view as well. And um, as much as I'm a Chelsea fan, I enjoy Leicester's story. The fact that a Sunderland or a... Uh, a Portsmouth or anybody can defeat Chelsea on their day is also why I watched that. I just don't want to see a Liverpool and so the, the idea of that league itself was uh, like BS for me. I, I was not really excited by the concept of these big teams playing each other. And again, uh, football is a people's game. It's always been uh, a common person's sport and without relegation, without merit, what is the value in football? What do you just I'd rather watch. Uh, I'd rather watch a streamer play football on FIFA or Pro Evolution Soccer than watch this nonsense. It's not football anymore. This is just a lot of rich people buying. And uh, for me, uh, I kind of knew this wouldn't stay because I mean, if somebody sitting in Kerala can feel this these many emotions on hearing such a news, I was sure people are going to react. I mean, for a country like UK, uh, England, and uh, where football is part of their life, if, if people didn't react, I would, I would have been extremely surprised. And especially in the in the West, where you know rights are something that you're used to. I mean, talk, I mean, I don't want to get into our own system and talk about what uh, system exists in our country, but uh, where you can protest and where you can make a noise, I was sure it's going to happen. So, uh, I I tell you what surprised me the most. I was like. Premier League is the big fat chicken that lays golden eggs for these clubs. Why did Premier League clubs go and sign up with the Juventus or with a, you know with any of these sides, even even the La Liga sides, for example? I thought this was the greatest opportunity for them to go cut, like you know, go kill all the competitions, for them to go out and really destroy the Liga with this uh, proposal. They could have just backed out, made them look really bad on people's eyes, and like. This, this was an opportunity lost purely from a business perspective as well, I thought. And this is largely due to, I think this happened largely due to the 
uh, again probably as a Chelsea fan, I'm a little. Uh, I like the I like a Bromwich more than I like uh, a John Henry or the BFC um, or you know the Glazers and all. But I do think this is heavily Americanized. Mm. You can see the you can see what they were saying. They wanted sixty minute game. They probably want to divide the football into quarters. And you could see oh this is NBA that they want. This is NFL they want. This is not this is not football anymore. They wanted some uh, action. I, it was uh, reminiscent of. Uh, the conversation that happened at Star Sports' office when we were discussing pro kabaddi. How can we make kabaddi more exciting? And I mean that is a legit uh, discussion, and that's that's got nothing to do with football. But I'm just saying that the whole packaging of sport. How can you put more ads? How can you create revenue? And I was like, I was appalled by it. I I still remember uh, Marco Van Basten. I think three years ago suggested this idea of a uh, a football match with four quarters, and each quarter is having like a winner. Like a like a boxing round, and this is everything America in it. Like for me, this is America, America, America. Whatever conversation that was happening. So I thought Perez also was just a, a key figure there, and he he was not the one controlling it. I was sure, and that is the only reason why the Liverpool's and the Manchester United's were willing to you know you know come to this uh, agreement. But I'm glad that uh, they got called out for this utter nonsense that they proposed and. Worst case, were the, what really hurt me were these fake ass apologies. I was oh, like, yeah. God, just take it off, you know. Just I, uh, John Henry coming in front of the camera and he's got like some roses behind him and is like on the verge of a breakdown. I'm like, my God, you should have invested your time in a, in Bollywood or Hollywood, whatever. Like, don't come to football. Don't do this, uh, you know, act of you know. But the fans were quick to call them out. Fans were not falling for that nonsense and. And and I'm, I'm glad the chapter is over for now at least. But I'm also happy that footballers have finally found voice. Um, I'm also envious that uh, footballers can find their voice. Well, we can't do it in our own country, but uh, for them to call out other things as well. Gundogan, yes, uh, I think yesterday raised the issue of you know this new Champions League format. I hope this is the beginning of you know players having more power. Players also saying, hey, we are human beings. We can't play 75 matches a year. So. Uh, I, I like that. I like the idea that uh, uh, a lot of conversations have started, and I think if you're a United fan, you will be really excited that the word is also going out. So yeah, uh, absolutely. a lot of positives also. Yeah, they tried to hide that uh, piece of news as well as well. Um, but uh, fair play to uh, Milner and Clark because I think they were the first um, people to call it out. I mean, it just happened that the game was covered, but you know they didn't have to say it, but they did call it out and say they're against it on the night. So, you know, big respect to them. Akash, I mean, these billionaires are billionaires because they are supposedly brilliant businessmen with great acumen. You know, they've got brilliant people behind them. How did they get this one so, so wrong? Do they not just, do they not understand what football means to English people? Or, I mean, Europe is different. We're outside Europe now anyway, officially, but they don't get what football means here. I think actually they do, but at the same time, they want to make that money. And to do that, th this whole idea wasn't for the British people. This, was, this wasn't the idea to, you know, uphold the values of the club. This was a greedy move. They did it in a, in a segregated way because a, a club legend like Paolo Maldini didn't even know that the deal was going on. 
and behind his back ac milan conjured up this whole fiasco and when you think about it paolo maldini is a second generation talent in that club and his son also plays for ac milan so they are a three generation long list of uh, players who have served this club and if he doesn't know then this coaches staffs players they literally didn't know and uh, if you consider a few leagues as we have seen around the world the nba has enormous popularity despite i know uh, a regular nba fan doesn't watch all the games and if you consider construct it in a super league way i mean obviously there is no relegation or promotion in the nba but if you consider it as an ipl format it works in in a business perspective it works doesn't matter if the ipl is not consist, uh, it is not consist uh, contested in india they go to uae they go to south africa for elections and various other reasons but the viewership remains solid at it, as it is so you can see uh, when uh, a club plays pre season friendlies and all those international champions cup and all that they go to us they go to other countries and there they pull in the viewership a new base viewership where they are able to sell their merch they are uh, able to get a, a fan a new fan who will invest time and money in their club guys like you have been with the club the club doesn't see you as a potential asset asset to you know you have to go to the stadium and you will you will not probably not visit the shop over there and buy everything that you see because you have been with the club you have enough memories with it but a new fan is uh, literally their target and for this reasons only i mean this is not for england this is this is a global business they wanted it to make it spectacular they wanted to make it an event that the world watches and this they 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 will bank on the club's name their crest their players but at the end of the day this was the their personal motives behind it they had their personal reasons and it was a brilliant move if you considered how much money each club was going to make and that would have shifted the paradigm of the whole structure of football as we know it so as fans we can see the negatives but as owners they only see the profit in it i i take that point but do you think knowing football in england that it would have been a success never i i i i agree with akash i think uh, they didn't really care they didn't care if the english fans were going to you know subside or whatever because they've got they're looking at asia they're looking at australia they're looking at africa they're looking at north america there are there are plenty of supporters for these big clubs in wherever you go um i still remember reading uh, an essay with jose marino and he was touring africa while a world cup was going on and they knew him like in the remote part of africa they arranged a tv for him to you know watch a world cup so these are these are brands that are no longer confined to uk or their city they are huge brands and obviously they are not uh, like you said they are they are rich businessmen for a reason so they must have done their research and said like even if we lose a certain percentage of fans uh, in the country it really doesn't matter so much because we can you know play across the world and you know and get fans so probably looking at more of a dynamic structure than a loyal base in their hometown who are not really willing to spend so much like akash rightly points out so that probably was the was the thought they probably didn't react this much of a reaction from the players itself and players and former players and coaches and they they can't really play football if these people are not involved and i i think uh, i think 
uh, a player like a Milner or a Henderson or a lot of them, given an option, would have just left if they're going to continue with uh, the Super League. So it would have created a lot. So I think uh, they must have uh, the PR nightmare is what I think scared them, and the way the, the it influenced crowd like me as well. So if sitting here in India, even I got hurt, right? They didn't expect me to get upset, right? They expected somebody in UK, yes. They didn't expect uh, an Evan or an Akash to get upset, right? So that I think finally gave them the idea that even if we were to conduct it, maybe an Akash and Evan won't watch, and then it, that setup really doesn't work. So uh, probably miscalculation from their end. But look at the names involved. There, there was uh, accusation that Amazon is involved, uh, JP Morgan was involved. They're all money leaching brands, and to assume that they didn't do their research is absolutely false, I think. They just didn't expect this sort of a negative PR and uh, that's very difficult to overcome. So I think that's the reason why they finally agreed to speak. And Evan, you just said, you know, that, and we've agreed, you know, that top top businessmen they just care, care about the um, uh, the red lines in their account books. Are you scared that this could still happen? Um, I think, I mean, initially when I heard about it, I thought this was a, a sort of a reaction to Champions, Champions League's new format. I thought that was it. I mean, they wanted to, you know, make a statement saying, hey, you know, this is not really favorable for us. It's not what we want to do. So we're going to make something that is going to earn us much more. So you adapt to our, you know, needs and you pay us more or something like that. Uh, so this conversation is certainly not dead. It's not like these... Uh, Americans have walked out of the sport. They've spent money. I think some. I think FSC Group is a prime example of really eking out every last penny out of a, a project. They're very clever business uh, business people. I think men deserve. I think men and women, all gender. So uh, I I don't think this conversation is out. But I also feel this conversation has uh, led to like players talking about it fans talking about it so it won't be this easy anymore they, they better you know prepare for a backlash or um, uh, you know or something even if uh, something like this was going to happen there will be a reaction so in interesting times um, i'm sure all of us or all three of us were also looking at sports as a an escape during these times but for that to become our headache in that last one two weeks was just unimaginable sport was causing us pain yeah, absolutely. But I'm glad it, you know, it collapsed in 72 hours, but we'll see if it's completely collapsed. But I also get your point about these people not caring about um, some of the people anyway, because if you look at Old Trafford, the so-called theatre of dreams, it's a terrible stadium now. It's from the 70s. When you compare to the clubs of their stature around the world and the stadiums they have, and you look at Old Trafford, the Glazers have just taken money out of Manchester. They've not invested anything in there. Um, but the, on the flip side, when you look at Manchester City and what the owners have done to that part of Manchester, it's been incredible for the community. Um, I think they're on par. I think we've got the best owners by far. I'm not just saying that. They've proven that in terms of the work they've done. Um, but um, in, it's, in it's also different, right, Bharat? I think a City or a Chelsea... Um, I mean, of course, they, they want profits, of course, they want success, but these are also their pet projects. These are rich people saying, hey, we want to have some fun. It was, it was promotion from, about Abu Dhabi and their brand. Yeah, it wasn't about the exactly. money itself. 
And exactly. same with PSG. And Sorry, carry on. Okay, I then lost you then. You back, Nevin? Yeah, got it. No, uh, yeah, I, I managed to hear a little bit of it. I, I, I completely agree, and uh, I think that's that's the uh, that's the biggest problem, right? Uh, uh, a John Henry or a Glazer, they're not there for just success and footballing and the love for football. They want to make as much money out of these uh, products as possible. So uh, that is a difference. That's why maybe they're not developing an old Trafford while uh, Chelsea are, Chelsea have been talking about Stamford Bridge ex extension for, I mean, for this 20 years at least I've been hearing about, you know, wanting to develop that stadium and all that. So that's the difference between those two these moments. Matash, um, do you think these clubs should be punished? Especially in the Premier League. And if so, what should oh. the punishment be? Each year I see some of the championship teams get, you know, points deduction and they go into administration for reasons that really, really isn't to be blamed and punished for because they are already suffering. And a fiasco like this definitely needs to at least have some point deductions. It doesn't matter this season or the next season, but there should be a, a, a solid deduction of 15 to 20 points for all these clubs invo involved. There shouldn't be a, 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 just a fine because they can manage a fine, but there should be points deduction because I've seen enough of uh, this thing. Yeah. What a 15 to 20 point deduction might cause though is that they'll again threaten. They'll again threaten to walk out because then be like, we are not going to make it to Champions League with 20 points deducted out, out of us. And the fans might actually side with the teams then. Yeah. yeah. Is that, that is a problem. A lot okay. of Chelsea fans will think, hey, I think you can just charge money, transfer back, things like that, which is probably more easier to execute than say a 15 to 20 point uh, but this, uh, it, deduction. I mean, also, players are not to be blamed for this. They've well, the, this was going to be my point. Uh, that in the and there was a lot of talk. I mean, that, that this was all that they talked about in the forums yesterday. Uh, the talk shows was that um, you know points deduction or a ban from Europe. You're hurting the people that weren't part of this, which is the players, the fans, and they'll be affected by this sort of punishment. Does this mean and and Akash quite rightly says, you know, financial um, fine will be, you know, pocket money to these billionaires. So what it, what can anybody do against this sort of power? I mean, it, this is sort of a reflection of life, really. The powerful get away with it, Nevin. I have no answer. If I knew the answer, I'd probably be saying the same thing to multiple things in life and not just football. Uh, what can you do to, uh, you know, threaten? threaten or scare the people in power. Unfortunately, I think uh, these clubs have so much power that, um, you know, like you said, even a, a financial, see, Liverpool is not even afraid of uh, furloughing a lot of uh, their staff in the, in the summer. So this is a huge club, but like if, if it means 50, uh, 50 pounds saving, they will do it. They'll do that also. So, I mean, and the, the famous story is Arsenal even sacked their mascot because he wasn't going to be uh, used yeah. in match day. And that's how ridiculous the situation got. So, I mean, I don't know. So, the, you, you put put a fine on them, they'll be like, oh, no, we've got a fine. So, we have to sack a couple of uh, mascots and uh, somebody who sells uh, 
stay in the corner or you know hurt people they will always you think millionaires will take a hit they won't they'll just put it on the on their staff or everybody else that uh, you know everybody else that supports the club so or they ask for more uh, ticket prices and things like that so i honestly don't know the solution but obviously it is important that they put put their foot down primarily saying hey we're not letting this happen again so i don't know maybe a, a, a bit of the media revenue is going to be evenly shared so that it doesn't go to one other team so maybe what these big six teams or the teams that threaten to move what they earn will now be divided to the the remaining the remaining 14 something of that sort mm-hmm. on that lines i'm sure people are clever enough to do it and uh, the uh, the advantage they have is that it's not going to be easy for these teams to uh, pull out as well and go to another super league anymore so in some somewhere in between but whether it's going to make a huge impact i don't know but it's important that you do you do something I think the only uh, good idea that I thought, you know, of using any fines and making some substantial fines is to use that money for grassroots football here in England, build, um, you know, uh, pitches around the country for local clubs. I think that's the only good idea I've heard so far that, you know, might uh, make it worthwhile. Akash, do you think um, seeing fan power and especially, you know, how it sort of impacted, obviously, they had the support of the Uh, the managers and the uh, current players will be an example to other countries and other sports or do you think this is unique to english football i think it's unique to english football just because under a pandemic the owners of the clubs didn't expect this sort of an outrage in the first place that's why they put the plan into the mo- into motion but what chelsea supporters arsenal supporters united supporters have done over the past few over the past few days has been commendable i didn't expect to the fans to show that kind of passion immediately in, in, into the chelsea game i didn't expect peter crouch to you know literally try to settle things and then after a few minutes chelsea pulled out and after one pulled out everybody did so that chain reaction was started by the fans and this should be an example but i highly doubt that the clubs from spain or uh, or uh, italy are going to see eye to eye with the, with this level of um, support from the fans because i literally don't see that happening because barca fans also another big factor is that if you consider each of these clubs they have a global recognition but players like lionel messi and cristiano ronaldo have a recognition beyond these clubs they were the two prime examples who kept quiet during this time that worries me literally worries me because they kept quiet smaller players compared to them spoke out fofana was the first to speak out on this so i am very proud of my owners and the youngster what he did but at the same time i'm literally worried why a player like messi a player like uh Cristiano Ronaldo was quiet even Zlatan Ibrahimovic had something to say but but those two didn't and that that is what worries me if they don't come out how will the fans come in yeah no fair point yeah and um, that you mentioned uh, uh, little also, i think uh, in spain there is also a political friction between say barcelona and so uh, that, that is the thing i didn't understand in the first place like barcelona's principles are built against real madrid's monopoly 
from the inception of time they were like fighting it out through dictatorship rules uh, civil wars and other things how can you go in a super exclusive club in in the super league and literally be subjugated by the president who is literally florentino perez who has been like your main enemy for i don't know for how much long but it started from the cruf era di stefano era i mean how are you subjugating to your imagine imagine him pulling off that louis figo deal and still you know <laughs> still i think uh, all, all of these clubs reputations have suffered hugely i mean barcelona you said their their motto is more than a club it's not that that's been affected liverpool you more never than a club, walk alone. nothing more than money yeah that, it's all about that yeah. liverpool you never walk alone money, just... then all the other clubs used to have a go at man city about it's all about the money but now i love that i love that i mean as a chelsea fan we only heard the you know you got you brought in money yeah. you know, this, i'm like as your club is any better now exactly exactly yeah. Um, Nevin, is India now a franchise-based sporting country in the American way, rather than a meritocracy? Of course, it's always been the case. Uh, we've all always tried to call it out. No, I'm but you, you say it's always been the case. It, it's not. It's, it's in the last ten years or so. Because yeah, if I you mean, look yeah. at the cricket Ranji Trophy, you know you, you have to win it on merit. There was no entitlement. Same with the football. Same with you know any other hockey. national championships but it's turned and it's turned quiet i don't know i was going to say quietly but it's moved in a big way to this entitlement that um these sporting teams have now without us having a say into it we've accepted it now it's part of it's, our culture it's a, it's a reflection of our societies right we, we are not taught to question the question is wrong you know uh, the fact that a mohan bagan or an east bengal at a battle out so much and still finally you know succumb and join the league in whatever possible way is it's is is the biggest indicator of what our country is and uh, um, you know there there is no escaping it uh, the moment ipl became a success everybody is like this is the, this is the plan you know this is what we all want to do because there's so much money to be uh, taken home there is so much uh, imagine a product like ipl it's a dream product right like everything is sold nobody calls it a six anymore people call it what dlf maximum they call uh, you know <laughs> something else is a some strategy oh, or some absolutely hate watching indian sports on indian tv channels the ads just, are so annoying it's unbelievable yeah it's just it's just a product placement act it's not a sport anymore it's just how many products can you put in uh, and they've been just doing it forever ISL. Let's talk about football because cricket is uh, the honest truth about cricket in this country is that there is enough money that even if an IPL exists, the local domestic system is not affected. In fact, I think it is improved. Mm-hmm. I would say a Ranji Trophy is very exciting to watch these days, or a Vijay Hazare, or you know, Syed Mustaq. All these trophies are actually quite exciting to watch because there is enough money, there is infrastructure. uh channels are also thinking hey can we get more cricket on our tv programming so that people who watch so cricket isn't it should be seen in isolation but unfortunately everybody is trying to mock cricket when if when a, a sport like football which is still very early stage i mean not early in terms of the times that we played but in terms of it's never really uh post the 60s or early 50s uh this has never been uh, in our national sort of imagination it has always been just cricket and a little bit of hockey so 
a, a sport like uh, football, having the audacity to just replicate an IPL and put an ISL and to just have the same attitude, you know, not encourage journalists, have, you know, go after people who question them, attack, uh, dis, uh, you know, have no respect for the existing system. It was just outrageous. And I mean, even today, I get hurt when, uh, you know, because we knew it was just a few of us, few of us who were wrestling. Everybody else just blindly, you know, brought it in. Everybody's like, oh, it's just great. It's going to bring glamour. It's going to, you know, improve a massive score. The question is always, when we have an existing structure, why did you have to create a new thing? Why did you bring all these eight teams playing the I-League? And if you want it so much, even I-League gives protection to a lot of corporate teams. So give them this five-year protection also so that, you know, their money is not wasted. Why don't you improve? Why don't you, why do you think uh, 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 an ice world doesn't deserve football, mainstream football? Why do you think a Kashmir doesn't uh, deserve mainstream football? Why do you think Punjab doesn't deserve mainstream football? Who are you to decide that only metro cities should watch football? I mean, Guwahati, for example, Guwahati is, um, is not the hub for football in India. It is, I mean, it's just a convenient spot for the Northeast to have one token team for representing Northeast, a land of diversity, a land of like so much love for football. It's just a token act. And we've, we've discussed this so much. We've, we've fought our battles. I've personally conducted, uh, uh, you know, press conferences with 60 journalists trying to explain this, but at the end of the day, it's just uh, we're all tired. Man. I think that's the that's the right statement. We're all yeah. tired. We're all given up. And it, it's it's something that I'm beginning to feel that frustration and tiredness uh, with the football federation and the powers to be in India as well. But Akash, do you think uh, we're at that stage as a nation back home that the fans could start influencing? what happens to their sport. I mean, cricket, yeah, I mean, to be fair, the board is running it well, you know, in uh, Indian circumstances, it's full of money, it's got world power in the ICC, so let's not talk about cricket, but football, there are enough fans when you look at all the clubs, even the ISL clubs and Kolkata, Derby, we know the number of fans, you know. Do you think this might be a lesson where we can take fan power and use it to influence football in India, or we're not there as a nation, or we're not united enough. The realistic, uh, realistic answer to that question would be like the people watching Indian football and the pre people literally knowing about what's going on around in the other leagues. And there was an inception of Europa, European Super League. These two fan bases overlap on a very little margin. So many people who support uh, an East, East Bengal or a Mohan Bagan would be ignorant to the fact that something like that has already happened in our structure. I, I see Mohan Bagan and I feel like it's the repetition of the, of the AFC Wimbledon story with MK Dons. It's exactly what has been happening here. They took the club, ATK literally took the club because they were in a financial uh, turmoil and they are using that brand use and bringing more eyeballs to the ISL product, they are doing that fine. It's elevating the level of ISL and Indian football. But at the same time, you are destroying the cultural, historical significance of a big club like Mohan Bagan, who was so significant in during the independence war. And similarly, 
Mohan Bagan's direct rivals are East Bengal, and you are just telling East Bengal at this point who hasn't done well in the league. Okay, I understand Mohan Bagan's point of view. They own the I League. They came here, formed a merger. They got enough sponsors in. I League, uh, the ISL saw it as a fantastic opportunity to merge them and get more fans in. But the the thing doesn't work for East Bengal because East Bengal didn't secure a top spot in the I League, but they were just told that we have Mohan Bagan now. We need a we need a Kolkata derby. There is no one else to do that. So you gather yourself some sponsors. We will take care of the rest. We'll do the legal framework. Relegation promotion doesn't involve you. We're just going to cherry pick you out of the I League. We're going to place you here so that we can have Kolkata derby two or more times in our league. You told that not to talk about cricket, but I have a simple thing to say that. when the ipl started we all knew that how it's going to be structured but there was a little bit uh, like little bit little thing to earn there because uh, during the first few years they had the t20 champions league mm. for which uh, a few few teams literally from each of the nations got together played like something similar to the champions league format and the players were literally they had to make the decision for where they wanted to represent but that diluted and nobody questioned the why are we watching like the ipl there is nothing to gain here because in the middle of the season what happens is you know which teams are not going to qualify and you know who is probably going to be the winner each of them will have a 25% chance and that's it that's how it has been i i we have been oversaturated with cricket but i still don't understand the over enthusiasm for it but uh, and that over the enthusiasm literally takes a lot of fan base away from the care and the attention that football needs in our country because we are ignorant to that fact that an afc wimbledon story has happened here and we just don't know it yet yeah no i, mean, I agree if i may just add to akash's point the whole idea is that uh, the sport is packaged as a uh, As a consumption item, it's it's more WWE than it is sport. So the whole idea is that in the evening when people are together in the banquet halls, they do really, they're not invested. Even if Undertaker wins or Triple H wins, it really doesn't matter so much. It's like ah okay, whatever. So I mean, we do watch it. There is a high uh, IPL consumption is super high. But if you really genuinely ask how many are invested in this this company. Of course, Chennai has a lot of fans. Bangalore has a lot of fans, but a lot of this consumption is just evening watch. Another another TV show yeah. to watch. Yeah, just uh, yeah. I instead of watching a reality show, I watch uh, cricket and this is entertainment. I sleep all day. I'm not upset that the Chennai team loses. Yeah. Yeah. But in a week that was full of stories, none bigger than Leicester, obviously reaching the FA Cup final. There was also the story of Jose. Being sacked, which was for me absolutely shocking before a cup final, um, has the time. Legend. He's the only Super Cup manager to be sacked. How surprised were you, Nevin? Obviously, he's got a lot of links to your club, uh, but has time actually been called on the type of football that he, as a manager, plays? That time has gone. That era has gone. I see. The thing is, I love him. Um, this is, I mean, because of the. Were you surprised for his time? Not really. Not really. I think it was sort of always coming, and 
maybe in, in before a cup yes but i i also read that there are legal uh, provisions for it because if he wins a cup the promise to spurs was that he will deliver a cup so if he delivers a cup there's just more money for him so things like that so i think it would be very clever of them to sack him at that point i mean i think there is an accusation i have no idea if it's true uh, whether he is sort of uh, worn out in terms of his tactics i agree. i think jose is no longer the best manager out there in terms of uh, tactics i think um, you can almost predict the way is going to uh, line up and the question is can you break it so it's never about crazy tactics or anything it's not like he out outsmarts the opponents anymore because the jose that i love from the 2003 45 uh, period or even post that with inter milan with uh, real madrid as well and so to some extent was that he would he was not willing to just sit back you know that was not his only plan so if he thought there was opportunity to attack and also get better so a lot of people who watched jose marino post 2010 think he's just a defensive manager that's a, that's a lie he was actually a very clever manager so obviously his defense is a strong point but it was not always you know parking the bus and sitting back and hitting on counter he had a good so i've seen him evolve from a 433 he used to play a, a, a diamond four as well for chelsea sometimes um and uh, he went to a 4231 by the time he came back to chelsea and then it's just pause and then the, the time he came back to chelsea he became that part of the bus manager so in the last 5 6 years and i think that's largely down to the fact that he's had no rest i think every manager needs to sit back sometime and realize hey learn what's happening in football uh, soak in and also swallow his ego a little because he yeah, i think jose mourinho sort of feels that he's superior to all uh, but uh, i think it is it is very important that i think he takes at least a 3 year gap now and wow. and he will come back as a manager he used to be it's not like he's he's completely gone he loves football and understands football but he will need a, a sort of break to understand how modern football is uh, reshaping come up with a strategy that will be relevant in 2025 and start coaching again in say 23 24 so that in 25 he gets set peak again so I think that is what has been missing. He's just not had a break. I don't think he's got that ego to take a break. Um, I think if one of the big yeah. clubs, I'd be surprised if a big club comes for him because when you look at the young managers, you know the Klopp's, the Pep's, the even Hans Flick and uh, Pochettino, Simeone, you could go down the list of young managers that are so so up with with the times at the moment. Um, yeah, Allegri is, I think, out of job. So a lot of coaches are available right now. Yeah, I think it's... but I actually just. Um, um, On, on 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 the sacking of Mourinho and the timing of it. I mean, we know how Tottenham have not won a trophy forever, and this was their first chance. And if you want a trophy, you want a manager like Mourinho. Um, it it just beggars belief that they threw away what would have been a, a better chance for them to beat Man City if they had Mourinho on the sidelines. I feel Yet they want Daniel to play in the Levy. Super League. Hmm. First of all, Daniel Levy. really doesn't believe in his team doesn't really really believe that his players can deliver against manchester city so he sought out a shortcut way jose mourinho had a contract that if he won a trophy with the club he would get some kind of a bonus or a increase in payment so he he thought that better to get rid of him right now because we all knew that a sacking was coming it wasn't that 
he was not going to be sad after after uh, this performance but he chose the that way just to you know save some money because if you if you really think about it yeah we know that tottenham probably can't beat manchester city for a carabao cup and hurricane is gone so and they don't have a great team if you if you really analyze the team their defense is weak hugo loris is not having a good time and the players really are not motivated enough to get the job done each season because of course a player like harry kane should be frustrated at this point because he hasn't won any trophy and he was loaned out to leicester and leicester managed to uh, win the premier league the championship and now they are going to contest for a fa cup final so literally that dampens the overall mentality of the team and if you get jose mourinho of the man i initially a few years ago i didn't understand jose mourinho i thought he was a very outspoken person but with time with the documentary that tottenham released on amazon prime i i saw the man and i saw that he is very genuine and he comes out to be like very like as a very likable person he speaks out his mind and for that maybe he for that reason he is understood in a wrong way and he is under heavy scrutiny but uh, yeah tottenham just dropped the ball on this carabao final and now it just simply shows that they don't trust in their team to manage to pull an upset and just to add to akash's akash's point there i think uh, uh, he's right when it uh, comes to uh, uh, tottenham players not being motivated enough and sometimes a change in coach works there as a chelsea fan i can vouch for this no but you are an upgrade <laughs> yeah but even even a even a statement of anger maybe a lot of players are upset that morelos but i don't know this just that certain change usually does something to teams uh, you know you you saw even teams like west brom the moment sam alvarez came they you know came with a victory i know it's just faded then but it usually spans for like three four matches where players are motivated players are trying to you know impress a new coach so that might work in favor maybe that is also what uh, levy is thinking but obviously levy is just smart so this obviously got something to do with money and yeah, that's I, that's as a tottenham fan i want silverware yeah, i'm not worried about money but i'm glad i'm not a tottenham fan let's let's put that on record as well and we all glad <laughs> they might have the best stadium in the world but they haven't got the best team to uh, go for that but um it's been a long show uh, but there's two more points i just want to get quickly get, get your thoughts on um akash i'll start with you who do you think will be in the champions league final i know there's still two legs to play but two brilliant brilliant games to look forward to four games to look forward to over both legs i still feel that you know real madrid is going to pull an upset this time it's not going to be beating chelsea team. will be an upset i don't think so yeah i'd be happy if they do i mean i'd be happy and the other one psg you're saying real madrid is going to win uh psg uh, I'm very skeptical about PSG to see anything about them because you know at, at this time they are the heroes but literally they aren't. Well, so I'm going to sit I... out on this one. I'm going to fancy my chances for the next season. We <laughs> we are go- definitely going to contest some teams. Oh, so, yeah. there's no doubt about that. I'm looking forward to it already. I think it'll be. I'm hoping it'll be. Um, not hoping. I think it'll be a Real Madrid PSG final. Um, Nevin, Chelsea against who? In the final, Chelsea PSG. 
that will be a final that I will really, really look forward to. But like I said, four fantastic games to look forward to. And you can see the power of the Premier League as well. I, I love the cushion, by the way, Akash, the, the Premier League gave you as well. I saw a glimpse of that. Um, but uh, you can see the power of the Premier League. We've got United and Arsenal in the Europa League. So four English teams there showing the power of English football. Um, I've got to give um, a couple of minutes to you, Nevin, as well, to give a shout out to a fantastic new project you've given to all our listeners and viewers. Um, I thought I'd never hear the word Vuvuzela after South Africa, but the word is back and I want it to be trending. Uh, can you give us a few um, comments on what this project is? And it's like, really, really exciting. I didn't, uh, to be very honest, I didn't think so much about it. Uh, the whole idea of the newsletter was initially to gain some sort of revenue. I've been running Kalman for over two years and it's purely been out of my pocket. Uh, I believe that the channel has been able to offer at least some glimpse of uh, uh, stories that aren't really talked about in Indian football. And so, I mean, it's, it's heavy on the pocket, let's be very honest. Uh, you know, my camera itself costs around. One, one like 60,000 rupees and it's just a lot of investment for my end. So I thought of newsletter as a way for fans to just support Karl Pandit. But I've been sort of been really excited by the number of people who signed up for it. Um, I had a, a sort of target in my mind and in three days, we, uh, and the target was for one year. And in three days, I've crossed half the, half the numbers. So, oh, amazing. Uh, so, so it's sort of been uh, very exciting. So now I'm going to take newsletter way more seriously. And uh, so the Guru uh, Seller obviously has got so much connection to uh, football. And it's about it's about the voice of football. Or the voice I want to hear your voice, voice, not the sound that the actual instrument makes. Because that's annoying. Yeah, it's, it's a little irritating. Um, so uh, so I sort of, uh, it's a 24 newsletter in the year, basically bi-monthly. Uh, it'll be sort of feature-ish, so we're trying to get the other voices of football. So we're not going to be tactical analysis, nothing of that sort. Uh, hoping to talk to really world-class documentary makers, uh, commentators, analysts, and the, the, the other side of football, basically. And also, I want to personally write a few stories of my own time at Seminova, Punjab, or, um, you know, things like that. So. I, I hope it'll be fun, and even to even that's it. This is still going to fund the channel or a percentage of the revenue. So really, not you know nowhere close to the money I spent for the channel. But I, I oh, wow. I'm happy that the fans are going out there and saying, "Hey, we care about the channel enough to you know contribute some amount." So uh, obviously, the videos. I think this month is going to be a little difficult. So even then, I have like a 30 video series planned for May. So from May 1 to May 30, we will have a lot of small videos from the kind of content that I've already uh, with me in my hard disk. Uh, and hopefully from June, July, we'll have regular videos and um, a couple of documentaries as well. In the and That's how, how much is it to sign up to and how do we sign up to it? Uh, so we haven't still uh, still actually created a link where you can go and subscribe. Uh, the newsletter will be on Substack. So once we have the Substack going, uh, people can go there and subscribe and pay the, pay the fee there. If we've kept it at rupees 500 right now for the entire year, um, that is around roughly six to $7 for uh, international audience. It's a um, Yeah, and I, I mean, I still think that's a, a great token 
uh, for me, for people to say that we are going to support Indian football channel is a big deal because I've had multiple other content makers write to me and say we are happy that somebody's gone out and do it, done it. Because we are all everybody's just been skeptical, you know, is asking money or a bad thing, uh, you know, will it be looked down upon? So I said we had to go try it, and a lot of people are now thinking, hey, this is exciting. And everybody is invested in this project now. So I keep asking, hey, what, what is the update? Uh, keep, uh, you know, a lot of other uh, platforms are like trying to increase this. And so it's, it's a growing fraternity. This Indian football content makers is a, um, a growing fraternity and we're very together in this. And hopefully this, uh, this new setup will be exciting enough that it itself can be a branch. I'm hoping that it, you know, the newsletter itself can be exciting and something uh, I, I was having, I, having a conversation with a friend. We were thinking maybe if it really can get like say 2,000 subscribers at some point, we can even dish out printed versions uh, with like some eight sheets and really go ahead and say, hey, we care about Indian football and we don't want ads. So we are going to be like ad free and going out and saying that, you know, you care about football enough, you pay for what you get and we'll bring you the best journalists in the country. So very early days, but Still no, very, very early days, but really exciting and brilliant to hear the news of the support you're already getting. Uh, getting. Um, I've already uh, put in place uh, my subscription. Hopefully, uh, it'll, it'll get to you very, very quickly. Um, but no, fantastic news, and we'll you're keep the first everybody... name in the list, Bharat. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll keep everybody updated on how it's going. And uh, like I said, if anybody's interested, um, I'm hope. Hopefully I've not cleared this with Nevin, but just uh, message Nevin and he'll give you further details until the online uh, subscription uh, platform. Or if you can wait another few days, there will be a link. Okay, brilliant. If, if you put it on our Twitter page, yeah. that'll be brilliant, fantastic. And uh, somebody else that we need to give a shout out to because I love his articles, Akash, um, you, you write for LCFC and um, other um, um, uh, outlets as well um where can people catch what you write and where you write for all the leicester news that i cover they can go to fan-sided networks foxes of leicester and why wouldn't anybody want to read leicester city news that's the first question i can I'm, I'm surprised that you need to ask that everybody <laughs> needs to keep up to date with what's so he, happening at he's leicester. saying that he writes beyond he writes other stories as well so for his leicester news you can go there that's the first one. What's the other one, Nakash? Yeah, the, the the second one I'm a little bit skeptical to say right now because I am I was writing for Barcelona as well, but yeah, just for Lionel Messi and he has literally disappointed me at this point. Well, so, both clubs yeah. are on par is... at the moment, so fair play to you uh, for writing top uh, for those two clubs. And, what uh, what Messi when there's body? <laughs> <laughs> No, but we do share Akash's um, uh, articles on uh, Desi Sports now, so keep producing those, Akash. They're really, really good. But uh, listen, we've gone over time today, but there was so much to talk about. It's been an incredible week in football, uh, but fan power, I think, is the main um, conclusion. Fan power won, uh, which is really good to hear. The billionaires lost for now. But let's keep the battle going that they don't come back with uh, another project and uh, uh, try and take our football away, certainly in England. But Akash, thank you so much again for joining us on the show. It's really, really great to have you, and I'm sure we'll be seeing more of you in the future as well. Keep wearing the shirt, and I know you wear it proudly. Uh, we've got a big month coming up, starting with the game tomorrow night. 
Uh, just need to win yeah. that, open up another small gap with those uh, trading clubs, the so-called elite. Uh, so let's hope for a good result tomorrow. Uh, Nervin, you had a good result yesterday. Uh, you've got a big game on Tuesday or Wednesday. I forget which day you're playing, but um, I'm looking forward to seeing your boys as well. But thank you again, Nervin. I really appreciate your time as well. Thanks, guys. But the main message, stay safe. Thank you.